The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details. Hey, that sounds like Grant. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, and 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 we have returned. Yes, I've got a huge smile now. I'm not. I've got a co-pilot. Well, I'm. I am the co-pilot actually, and we've got a co-co-pilot. Yeah, yeah. Welcome, Hala. Good morning. Hey, it's good to. Um, it's good to be back. Uh, the trip around the South Island was fantastic. I'm going to tell. We're going to tell you all about it. Yeah. Because um, there's some interesting stuff going on around the South Island. In case you didn't know, um, and we've probably got. Uh, some good songs about books today, is that right, Carl? Yeah, I, I was struggling to come up with a theme at the last minute, which is how it works, isn't it? I thought, I know, 
there's so many songs written about books or literature or newspapers or whatever. And I ended up finding 40-odd books. We don't have time for all of them, of course. No, and I've actually, when you said that, I, I know this really cool story. So for all the children listening, before they go to school... Well, they're the only ones listening to some. <laughs> I'm gonna, we're going to play, we're gonna play a, uh, a story for you from a book. Yeah, there you go. A famous book. And I'm not going to tell you what it is just yet. Anyway, um, I'm going to go back to the weather. Um, starting in Takaka for the weekend uh, today. And it's the long weekend. It's the Queen's birthday. God save the Queen. We've got to play her a song. Okay. Um, and I just heard that she's not going to turn up to her party. But never mind. She's getting a bit old. 96. Well, yes, well, you know, I... The only thing, you know, I don't want to make any sort of sexist issue because it's not, but the only thing I haven't experienced in 59.8 years is a king. So, you know, move over, Liz, and give William a turn, please. <laughs> okay, Takaku, your weather today is fine at first. And then showers developing this afternoon, some possibly heavy, light winds, but easterlies developing this afternoon for Golden Bay, and you get to 14 degrees today, and on Saturday it's going to also be fine, apart from a few early showers in the north, um, easterlies about Golden Bay dying out. Cloud increasing on Sunday with a few showers developing mm -hmm. late. <coughs> Norvalies and Monday is rain, possibly heavy, um, with Norvalies. And Matuweka, oh come on, hurry up, so here we go. Fine at first, then a few showers developing this afternoon, some possibly heavy light winds, and Saturdays a few early morning showers clearing, then fine um, with light winds. Oh, it's 15 degrees today, by the way, at Matuweka, and Sunday's cloud increasing, a few showers developing late. Uh, Northerlies, and Monday is rain, possibly heavy. Northerlies. And uh, Nelson, your weather is fine at first in a few showers developing this afternoon, light winds, 15 degrees. Saturday's cloud clearing early morning, then fine, light winds. Uh, Sunday, cloud increasing a few showers developing late, Norvalies. Monday, rain, possibly heavy. And Norvalies. And last, finally, but certainly not least, Blenheim, good morning to you. Thanks for tuning in. Clouds increasing this morning, chance of an early afternoon shower or just afternoon shower actually not early light winds but southeasterlies from this afternoon um 14 degrees today you're high and saturday is some early morning cloud otherwise fine light winds sounds like a song otherwise fine and um yeah sunday is fine increasing high cloud light winds monday cloudy with a few showers and northwesterlies there you go. There's your weather so far. Hey, next week we should um, play Billy T. James doing the weather instead. Have you seen that skit? Do you remember that? No, That's but hilarious. we will. Okay, sounds good to me. Um, and by the way, this, this show is being sponsored or brought to you by the GB Weekly. The fantastic little newspaper Golden Bay has to offer. And um, I've already read it this morning three times. Um, and it's just, you know, full of wonderful information on the, on this lovely long weekend has it got um, any extra pages because it's a long weekend 20 i suppose that's about the normal is it good good article about the film festival top of the south film festival oh, there's a couple of local primary schools in there yeah did you go to it no i didn't actually carl you're such a movie buff what's your well i had a rehearsal for anne's 50th tomorrow so. Anne. And, Mich and Michelle. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I suppose that's an excuse. Anyway, um, look, we'll get back to the paper and I'll tell you a little few bits and pieces of things what are going down. Um, books. 
Books. Yeah. Books. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know where you're planning to start there, but... Um, Oh well, um, up the top, of course, with one of the <laughs> oldest story. One of the oldest stories. The bar of the microphones, right across the screen. Oh, okay. But well, yeah, no, that's all right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the first thing I, the first one I thought of instantly, of course, was Wuthering Heights. I mean, that's your go-to, isn't oh, it? Oh, it is too, isn't it? But I wasn't that gonna... song was so impactful when it came out, wasn't it? Oh, it was huge. Kate, Kate, you know Kate Bush. You know how she, uh, well, didn't how she got discovered? She did backing vocals on that, um, the great gig in the sky. You know that the. Pink Floyd track from Dark Side of the Moon. You know? Oh, really? Oh, wow, wow, wow. Oh, she's that? She's not oh, her, she's but she's part the... of a whole group. It's actually not one woman. It's ah, a lot of, yeah, of course. five of them. Yeah, but she was one of those, one of them. One of them, isn't she? And she was wow. married to um, Rowan Atkinson as well. Was she? Or huh. maybe still is, I don't know. Ah, okay. Well, oh, well I'll, I'll start with that then. Wuthering Heights. Great story. Did you read it? Did you ever read yeah. the book? Yeah. Yeah? How about you? So one of the, uh, Emily Brontes? No. One of the Brontes, isn't it? I haven't read the book, but I saw the film, and it's obviously very dramatic. It's worth checking out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. The Bronte sisters. Hello, here's Kate.
Kate Bush, Wuthering Heights. What a great song. Yeah, I remember that came out I was in the fifth form. I couldn't work out if I was more in love with the song or Kate Bush, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all about dance, of course. So she was a dancer. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was just um, saying that in Dunedin they do uh, Kate Bush um, dance where everyone comes in and wears red dresses and um, does the whole dance in the octagon. Cool. Yeah. We went to Dunedin on our trip. We did. <laughs> yeah. We had a great time down around the South Island. We left here two weeks ago, yesterday. No, today. Whatever. Yesterday. Yeah. And um, headed to Westport. And um, that was fairly, fairly eventful because it was extraordinarily heavy rain in places. Yeah, that's the day it we was. had that thunder and lightning, wasn't it? All the around yeah. that day. We must have been driving on the road. We had it town. on the way through. Yeah. And uh, we went through a really heavy shower very shortly. And That's right. It was turn. just at the turn off to Westport. Yeah. Buller. <laughs> And Westport was uneventful. Well, I did ca- we did catch up with my friend Mary McGill, who was having an art exhibition, and then we went up to up to um, Granity, or up that way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hector, Hector, I think, and saw Woody. Do you remember Woody? Do you know Woody? Yeah, yeah, and his um, amazing sculpture garden. Wow. Yeah, very mm. cool. Actually, before I <clears throat> successfully rebought in Tarkic last year. Looked at the Granity Bowling Club, which was for sale <laughs> <laughs> for about 160,000 or something. Yeah, was it next to the beach on the beach side? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah well, you wouldn't have much bowling no, no, club the, left the, after the, a few years. No, the trouble was that the, the um, I think the bowling green had gone. <laughs> <laughs> I will sell the club now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why it was so cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we then we went down to, and this is a really interesting one. We went to Charleston after that, and that was really fascinating because that's your your ancestors are from settled in Charleston. Is that right, Hannah? That's right. They, um, my French ancestors, um, came in on a boat through the channel there which is very treacherous yeah if you've ever been there it is ridiculous it is so narrow you would get only a they had big boats coming in there though didn't they apparently yeah. and there were about five shipwrecks yeah, i can see saying. why yeah <laughs> yeah coming ashore on the west coast wouldn't be um the easiest thing would it? and it was a stormy as when we were down there and the seas were probably a five meter swell and the foam was everywhere it was just like thick mm. thick throff very thick froth. <laughs> so if we, your beard fell off, you could just replace it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but very beautiful, and we actually just were there filming it for quite a while. Mm. It was just stunning. Yeah. yeah. So Charleston, you were saying Hannah was a major port yes, way back when. Yes, it was. Um, I had some sets. I think there were about 30 hotels, and um, Mum was saying that... Um, the bank manager in Wellington got a promotion to Charleston because it was just that huge at the time. <laughs> a promotion from Wellington to Charleston. Yeah, well, I think that's actually a song. So I work on that. <laughs> cool. You could call it the Charleston. Yeah, I was going to say it was a dance, wasn't it? The Charleston. Yeah, yeah. no, it was. It was. Yeah, and so yeah, that was a pretty interesting. We stayed at Punakaiki, and that night, that pun- the afternoon of Punakaiki, that was the best I've ever seen the blowholes. Absolutely Blowhole. stunning. Yeah, they were just roaring, just right. just amazing. Yeah. And again, it was all foamy and and white and um, yeah, just like a really good cafe, uh, coffee. Yeah, <laughs> it was the first time I'd actually seen them blow like that. That mm. was really special. Yeah, and some of the sounds, really, yeah. you know, dramatic sounds. Yeah, and big rainbows and yeah, yeah. and the blow. Sample those, that'd be quite good, wouldn't it? Yeah, 
Uh, that's a good idea. Never thought of that. Oh, We've got lots was, of video footage, so. Yeah. <laughs> it was such a romantic trip. It was wonderful. It's just like Romeo and Juliet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Not quite. Not tragic ending, though. Here's 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 dire straits with the with the fantastic Romeo and Juliet. Because I just got to segue into that. <laughs> Take it. Anytime I 
songs about Romeo and Juliet. Really? Oh, here's another one then. Blue Oyster Cult. Called Don't Feed the... Oh, it's the Reaper. Don't Fear the Reaper. Love this song. Yeah.
It is such a good cowbell. I mean, such a good song. <laughs> 50 songs, if, in case you missed that before, because Grant didn't have the right microphone on. Yeah, sorry, 50, 50 songs, songs about, about Romeo and Juliet. Uh, Pretty amazing. I guess there's a lot of rom- romantics in the world, eh? Yeah. yeah. How, how that's tied in, I don't know. Don't no. fear the Reaper. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, some, some are loose success, but see, some metaphors don't be a close examination. So we went from... Now, here's the, here comes some of the interesting parts of our trip. Just want oh, to yes. a little bit more yeah. about our trip. Mm. We went from Charleston yeah. to Hokitika. But we stopped along the way. We stopped and saw an old mate of mine, Pete Telfordy, whose, fa- whose grandfather was the chief. I've forgotten um, the tribe. Can you remember the tribe? No. No. Um, <clears throat> he was chief. And um, so Pete's got the rights to walk up the Arahura River and collect as much uh, stone as he wants of the Punamu type. Well, that's good and, for you, isn't it? Well, no, it's good for him. Um, you know, he's, he's um, definitely... And he, he carved this amazing carving that I'm wearing, see? And wow. um, yeah, yeah, and um, you know we get to his place and there's 200 kilogram lumps of panamu under his bed and through his all through his house, you know, just like these big lumps of panamu, um, mm. just incredible. Um, guys, just a strength of of muscle to to lift that sort of stuff. He can. It's <laughs> amazing. Isn't and um, yeah, and uh, there's outside there's just you know 40 or 50. You know, it's probably about five ton just laying around on his backyard. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, he he just he just goes up the river and 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 brings it out. Yeah, and of course, a very um, talented artist, incredible mm. work, and yeah. Yeah, does carves the big pieces as big pieces, but of course, you know, as he knows, in the future when it starts getting scarce, people are going to cut his beautiful big sculptures yeah. up and make them into little pendants, which is kind of sad. Yeah, mm. but um, yeah, that that was a really interesting. Um, that was one of the more interesting um, experiences. And then we saw my mate Keith up a hill, uh, who's built a house. And um, then then we headed to Hokitika, and it was. I thought it was going to be really quiet, but there was this big event from Christchurch to Hokitika, of these people on scooters. And there was about well hundreds of them, and they'd done it for some charity. And so we couldn't get a room in, in anywhere. No motels, we had to drive around. We ended up in a hotel. Um, but yeah, it was quite crazy. The, the whole place was, was booked out. Hokitika cool. was totally booked out. Any sign of Selwyn? No. Selwyn too good. He, he made Hokitika famous, didn't he? That's in the bag. Did he? Buy Hokey, Hokitika. <laughs> <laughs> no. You've won the amazing Fisher and Paykel standalone freezer. Don't you remember that program? Oh yeah, I remember. It's in the bag. So we headed south. Yeah. Not, we, not to mention the coffee was really good. Oh, um, na- yeah. Well, we, we 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 part of our trip was was a coffee tasting connoisseur. Kind of <laughs> um, see how good coffees were around the South Island. That yeah. was that was definitely an important part, and we're going to write a book about that. Yeah. Do a rating good. test. I re- I reckon <laughs> the best coffee that I've tasted in in the last year comes from Westport, and it's available at Fresh Choice called Carboteri. Ah, yeah, yeah, we had Kawateri. You know, I, I, I just think it's I remember really, I saw the name. Oh, it's fantastic. It's really cool. West, yeah, Westport. So that's good. Hokitika's chiming in with some coffee as well. Yeah, let's try that one. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's no, really good. Good flavour. No, yeah. I think we should write a book about coffee. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> coffee of the South Island. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we just have to do some research. It, it is, well, it is amazing, though. I mean, 
because my daughter lives in Paris and I was in Europe about five years ago and honestly in Europe you just can't get you can't get a coffee like New Zealand I don't know what it is but our baristas our coffee mm. our milk I suppose mm. or whatever if you have milk mm. just, our coffee is yeah. amazing wow yeah that's pretty and the South Island seems to have a lot of secrets Coffee secrets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can tell other secrets about the South Island too that we found out about, especially about the West Coast. R eighteen band. Yeah, we went to Hunts Beach the next day, and that was really interesting. You've been to Hunts Beach? No, it's Jacobs River, um, the the outlet, and um, oh, it was a wonderful beach. It was the first time I'd ever. I've been there so many times, and the tide's always been in and um, I finally went there and the tide was out and it was a really sunny day and we walked all the way down the beach and some beautiful stones around oh it was lovely Mm. because part of my mission is to look for stones yeah um not the panamu type but just the um other ultramafic stuff to to play with Mm. and um so we had a wonderful walk on that beach and then where do we go from there oh yeah Gillespie's you've been to Gillespie's beach Mm, Fox Glacier yes yeah. yeah, and we stayed there the night. Here's a good story. So um, Hannah was back at the van, and I was wandering around the beach. Um, I decided to do a wee bit of um, 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 sculpture stuff with the stones because they're all yeah. flat. Anyway, I was dead. And this, this old truck comes roaring along the beach. It had no muffler. It was loud as, and it was just kind of, you could tell it was just a beach vehicle, right? And this young dreadlocked hippie guy jumps out of it, stops and he jumps out of it and he goes you want some gold and i went uh yeah. yeah i thought what's the catch you know he says i got the gold he said i've got the gold claim here on on this piece of beach from here to blah 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 the old lady's down the road she's got it down and she, she says um there's plenty of gold here look and he had a pan a little gold pan and he gets this pinch of black sand just a random pinch of black sand chucks it in the pan goes down to the surf does a wee and picks it and comes up to me and goes look there, 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 there's about five little specks of gold. Just, and it almost took as long as I'm telling you the story to do this. Just from one little pinch wow. of this huge amount of black sand there, I'm thinking, oh, okay, I've got the fever. I'm going to do it. So I raced back to the van. <laughs> Scrambled to find anything you could. Yeah, and I got, the, I got our, our cooking pot. <laughs> And I went and scooped up a scoop of sand. I thought, oh, I'm not going to do it down the beach. It's too hard. I'll go and do it in the in the sink in the in the at the at the campground there. And so I did it in the <laughs> sink. And I and then I realised when I got down to the end of it, I, I wasn't going to be able to separate the gold from the because it's allu- the alluvial gold, which is really really fine, dusty sort of gold. And I went, oh, I can't I can't separate this. I can get it down to the bottom, and I can, I can you know get it. All, and so I just gave up and bought the little bit of sand with the gold in it at home um, in a coffee cup, of course. <laughs> and um, blocked the sink. But I didn't. <laughs> That's embarrassing. It's a good second use for coffee cups. Though. Yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. a gold vanity unit. <laughs> Not real gold. <laughs> anyway, that was um, that was Gillespie's Beach. We stayed there the night, and the view of um, Mount Araraki is amazing, stunning, absolutely. It came out from behind the clouds, mm. and you see the, the the sunset on one side, and you turn around at the back and look at the mountains, and it's just. Right. Very powerful. Yeah. 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 One of the best beaches ever, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Gillespie's Beach. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is great. I'm 
enjoying the ramble through the South Island. It's the magic playground of the world, really. Oh, it is. It is. Um, I'm going to talk about tourism next, and his, um, but I want to play this. This is Alan Parsons' project, The Raven. We didn't see any ravens. Funny that.
that was such a good um, album, wasn't it? Do you remember it? Yeah. And um, such a good book too. I uh, remember reading the book. And Telltale Heart. And you've got a first edition copy. You're pretty lucky. Well, yeah, that's... well, yeah. Oh, I've done it again. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> my well, third, finger, was, my yeah. third finger isn't working properly. It was a Rudyard Kipling book from the Monopoly Fair. Somebody nailer. I picked up all his old Charles Dickens Charles, books oh, and yeah. all sorts of stuff. Wow, brilliant. So, um, yeah, we've uh, we've got we, we, we're sponsored by uh, f- the the GB Weekly, and I'm so happy we are. And um, I just wanted to tell you a couple of things about what's going on um, in the Bay that the GB Weekly have picked up on this this month week. Sorry, um, the. Uh, the volunteers of the uh, of the uh, Joan Whiting um, are giving back to the community, and um, yeah, it's a great it's a great spot. Um, Eleven of the residents plus a live-in cook and housekeeper, um, Joan Whiting, not Joan Whiting, sorry, Abbey Field, um, right right beside Lake Killarney. And that lady's called Purple Sue. That's right, <laughs> Sue Shen, Shen. yeah. <laughs> And um, yeah, it's a really good concept. It's worth worth reading the um, re- uh, the article actually. Um, oh, there's a really good um, sale <laughs> for all you people that want motorbikes, Hiluxes, <laughs> chainsaws, um, disc hay mowers, flat deck truck, uh, stainless steel milk vat, electric stirrer, mobile car feeler, high hitch magnesium feeler, feeder, sorry, single axle out wagon, calf crush, Honda line, electric fencing, farm gates, wire straps, Winston weed wiper, old grader blade, fence posts, concrete, calf covers, cowl and calf halters, strainers, calf tattoo set, ear taggers, herd treatment board, clamps, refrigeration unit, fan, aluminium 10 foot boat and trailer, three, um, 13 horsepower outboard motor um, and cattle master castrator. A what? <laughs> Thought you'd like that one at the end. Poor, um, poor little Bobby calves. Yeah. Hey, and and do have your feedback. This is really important. There's a good picture in here too, of the uh, Waitapu um, plan. Um, <clears throat> the public have a week t- week to provide feedback on the draft of a landscape plan for the Waitapu Bridge site. Um, it's been developed jointly by Kim Whenua Kimahua and Wakata Kahataki, uh, New Zealand Transport Agency, who together are seeking a way to restore the pro- and protect Waitapu following the years of abuse by the Freedom Campers. And so, um, yeah, taking into consideration the community input from last year, uh, the plan provides the basis for the future restoration and protection works. We want to ensure plan... Uh, the plan caters for everyone who visits a special place, uh, picnicking, day trips, kayaking, launching their boat, and protect the site for future generations. And it shows a combination of day parking spaces, boat trailer parking area, um, um, and an area of mowing grass for picnics. Um, and so, really want the feedback. So get your uh, feedback in. It's um, email Waitapu Bridge at nzta.gov.nz and that's next Friday it closes so um, yeah it's definitely important to uh, ensure the site is is done for the best for our community I think it's really great that um, Wakatahu have come on board for this and good on them I'm well impressed 
And um, there was something else that I was going to um, talk about. Um, um, oh, yeah, the colony of little blue penguins at Port Terracoa is to get increased protection. Following the decision to construct the fence to limit access to their breeding grounds and fishers will still be able to cast a line out in the area. Council has agreed to approve the construction of a fence at the port following that approach from Mahua Golden Bay Blue Penguin Trust. It was initially proposed a fence around 80 metres long with locked gates to be constructed. However, following a round of public consultation and a proposal of two shorter, less visually intrusive fences with gate controlled by keypad or combination lock was approved. So there you go. Access for fishes will be available by permit system, but all dogs are banned. Full stop. Educational brochures will be supplied for those requiring access. And, um, yeah, so I think that's actually a really good outcome. It was one of those things where it was obviously controversial, but what we really needed to do was make sure everybody was um, 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 happy. And red seaweed is to for green farming. And Tom Sturgis, oh look, I'm, going, I'm not going to talk about that one now, but read it, all about um, seaweed and how we can reduce the farming sector's methane emissions. Um, well, wow. and cool. yeah, yeah, agriculture agreement signed. Agriculture, the Mahua community, and members of the green shell mussel industry came together to agree to provide the Gombe Community Trust with 135 hectares of water space. So. Um, yeah, 22, yeah, that's another big one, um, and uh, nothing much else other than, oh, there's the pink lunch, of course, um, highlighting breast health, and um, there's, um, it's uh, the month of breast, um, pink breakfast events to fundraise for Breast Cancer Foundation happening, um, don't forget to support that. Uh, men and women both um, and the other really interesting thing is the new hide to, um, to place um, for wildlife so um, the men's shed group have got together out at Tupapa um, Gravel Reserve and they've built a, um, a wooden hide for people to observe the amazing birds that you get out there oyster catchers, royal spoonbills godwits etc etc so um, that's for everybody to go out and enjoy um, and and do make sure you uh, respect that and uh, you get to see all the um, all the uh, wonderful bird life um, and um, there's a good article about the pottery studio out in Collingwood and uh, oh don't forget there is a market Saturday market this Saturday uh, the village market at the um, car park in Takika um, your usual Saturday market but of course being winter it's uh, a little cheaper it's only $10 for a stall site um, and being Queen's birthday weekend there's going to be lots of people around so um, come on down and um, and uh, check it out um, Come and buy your produce and your um, everything you need. So um, yeah, hey, um, I want to I want to put this up <clears throat> next. Um, this is a story. This is the story. This is my favourite story, almost ever. Not quite, but it is. And um, this is um, this is done with both um, um, Jack Nicholson reading it and Bobby McFerrin and. Um, this is the Rudyard Kipling story um, called The Elephant's Child. And um, 
sit back and listen. And for all the children going to school, it's a good way to start the day, listening to a story. And um, this is this is uh, fun. about everything he saw, or heard, or felt, or smelt, or touched, and all his uncles and aunts spanked him. And still, he was full of insatiable curiosity. 
fine morning in the middle of the procession of the equinoxes, this insatiable elephant's child asked a new fine question that he had never asked before. He asked, what does the crocodile have for dinner? Then everybody said, hush, in a loud and dreadful tone. And then they spanked him immediately and directly without stopping for a long time. sitting in the middle of a way-to-bit thorn bush and said, My father has spanked me, my mother has spanked me, and all my aunts and uncles have spanked me for my insatiable curiosity. And I still want to know what the crocodile has for dinner. Then the Colo Colo bird said with a mournful cry, Go to the banks of the great gray, green, greasy Limpopo River, all set about with fever trees, and find out. That very next morning, when there was nothing left of the equinoxes, because the procession had proceeded according to precedent, this insatiable elephant's child took a hundred pounds of bananas, the little short red kind, and a hundred pounds of sugar cane, the long purple kind, and seventeen melons, the green crackly kind, and said to all his dear families, Goodbye. I'm going to the great gray green greasy Limpopo River, all set about with fever trees to find out what the crocodile has for dinner. And they all spanked him once more for good luck, though he asked them most politely to stop. <laughs> Then he went away, a little warm but not at all astonished, eating melons and throwing the rind about because he could not pick it up. He went from Grahamstown to Kimberley and from Kimberley to Kama country and from Kama country he went east by north eating melons all the time till at last he came to the banks of the great gray-green greasy Limpopo River all set about with fever trees precisely as the Kola Kola bird had said. Now you must know and understand, O oh best beloved, that till that very week and day and hour and minute, this insatiable elephant's child had never seen a crocodile and did not know what one was like. It was all his insatiable curiosity. The first thing that he found was a bicolored python rock snake curled round a rock. Excuse me, said the elephant's child, most politely. But have you seen such a thing as a crocodile in these promiscuous parts? Have I seen a crocodile? Said the bicolored python rock snake in a voice of dreadful scorn. 
What will you ask me next? Excuse me, said the elephant's child, but could you kindly tell me what he has for dinner? Then the bi-colored python rock snake uncoiled himself very quickly from the rock and spanked the elephant's child with his scalesome, flailsome tail. That is odd, said the elephant's child, because my father and my mother and my uncle and my aunt, not to mention my other aunt, the hippopotamus, and my other uncle, the baboon, have all spanked me for my insatiable curiosity. And I suppose this is the same thing. So he said goodbye very politely to the bicolored python rock snake and helped to coil him up on the rock again and went on, a little warm but not at all astonished, eating melons and throwing the rind about because he could not pick it up till he trod on what he thought was a log of wood at the very edge of the great gray-green, greasy Limpopo River all set about with fever trees. But it was really the crocodile, O oh best beloved, and the crocodile winked one eye like this. Excuse me, said the elephant's child most politely, but do you happen to have seen a crocodile in these promiscuous parts? Then the crocodile winked the other eye and lifted half his tail out of the mud and the elephant's child stepped back most politely because he did not wish to be spanked again. Come hither, little one, said the crocodile. Why do you ask such things? Excuse me, said the elephant's child most politely. But my father has spanked me, my mother has spanked me, not to mention my tall aunt, the ostrich, and my tall uncle, the giraffe, who can kick ever so hard as well as my broad aunt, the hippopotamus, and my hairy uncle, the baboon, and including the bicolored python rock snake with the scalesome, flailsome tail just up the bank who spanks harder than any of them. And so, if it's quite all the same to you, I, I don't want to be spanked anymore. Come hither, little one, said the crocodile, for I am the crocodile and he wept crocodile tears to show it was quite true. Then the elephant's child grew all breathless and panted and kneeled down on the bank and said, You are the very person I've been looking for all these long days. Will you please tell me what you have for dinner? Come hither, little one, said the crocodile, and I'll whisper. Then the elephant's child put his head down close to the crocodile's musky, tusky mouth, and the crocodile caught him by his little nose, which up to that very weak day, hour, and minute had been no bigger than a boot, though much more useful. I think, said the crocodile, and he said it between his teeth like this, I think today I'll begin with the elephant's child. At this, O oh best beloved, the elephant's child was much annoyed, and he said, speaking through his nose like this, Let go, 
Let go. You're hurting me. Then the bicolored python rock snake scuffled down from the bank and said, My young friend, if you do not now immediately and instantly pull as hard as ever you can, it is my opinion that your acquaintance in the large pattern leather ulster, and by this he meant the crocodile, will jerk you yonder into limpid stream before you can say Jack Robin's son. This is the way bicolored python rock snakes always talk. Then the elephant's child sat back on his little haunches and pulled, and pulled, and pulled, and his nose began to stretch. And the crocodile floundered into the water, making it all creamy with great sweeps of his tail. And he pulled, and pulled, and pulled. And the elephant's child's nose kept on stretching. And the elephant's child spread all his little four legs and pulled, and pulled, and pulled. And his nose kept on stretching, and the crocodile threshed his tail like an oar. And he pulled, and pulled, and pulled. And at each pull, the elephant's child's nose grew longer and longer, and it hurt him itches. Then the elephant's child felt his leg slipping, and he said through his nose, which was now nearly five feet long, This is too much for me. Then the bicolored python rock snake came down from the bank and knotted himself into a double clove hitch round the elephant child's hind legs and said, Rash and inexperienced traveler, we will now seriously devote ourselves to a little high tension because if we do not, it is my impression that yonder self-propelling man-o'-war with armor-plated upper deck, and by this, uh, oh, best beloved, he meant the crocodile, will permanently vitiate your future career. That is the way all bicolored python rock snakes always talk. So he pulled, and the elephant's child pulled, and the crocodile pulled. But the elephant's child and the bicolored python rock snake pulled hardest. And at last, the crocodile let go of the elephant child's nose with a plop that you could hear all up and down the limpopo. Then the elephant's child sat down most hard and sudden. But first he was careful to say, thank you to the bicolored python rock snake. And next he was kind to his poor pulled nose and wrapped it all up in cool banana leaves and hung it in the great gray-green greasy Limpopo to cool. What are you doing that for? Said the bicolored python rock snake. Excuse me, said the elephant's child, but my nose is badly out of shape and I'm waiting for it to shrink. Then 
you will have to wait for a long time, said the bicolored python rock snake. Some people do not know what is good for them. The elephant's child sat there for three days waiting for his nose to shrink. But it never grew any shorter, and besides, it made him squint. For, O oh, best beloved, you will see and understand that the crocodile had pulled it out into a really, truly trunk, same as all elephants have today. At the end of the third day, a fly came and stung him on the shoulder. And before he knew what he was doing, he lifted up his trunk and hit that fly dead with the end of it. Vantage number one, said the bicolored python rock snake. You couldn't have done that with a mere smear. No. Try and eat a little now. Before he thought what he was doing, the elephant's child put out his trunk and plucked a large bundle of grass, dusted it clean against his forelegs, and stuffed it into his own mouth. Vantage number two, said the bicolored python rock snake. You couldn't have done that with your mere smear nose. Don't you think the sun is very hot here? It is, said the elephant's child. And before he thought what he was doing, he slooped up a sloop of mud from the banks of the great gray green greasy Limpopo and slapped it on his head, where it made a cool, sloopy, schlossy mud cap all trickly behind the ears. Vantage number three, said the bicolored python rock snake. You couldn't have done that with a mere smear nose. Now, how do you feel about being spanked again? Excuse me, said the elephant's child, but uh, I should not like it at all. How would you like to spank somebody? Said the bicolored python rock snake. I should like it very much indeed, said the elephant's child. Well, said the bicolored python rock snake, you will find that new nose of yours very useful to spank people with. Thank you, said the elephant's child. I'll remember that. And now I think I'll go home to all my dear families and try. So the elephant's child went home across Africa, frisking and whisking his trunk.
When he wanted fruit to eat, he pulled fruit down from a tree instead of waiting for it to fall as he used to do. When he wanted grass, he plucked grass up from the ground instead of going on his knees as he used to do. When flies bit him, he broke off the branch of a tree and used it as a fly whisk, and he made himself a new cool, slushy, squishy mud cap whenever the sun was hot. When he felt lonely walking through Africa, he sang to himself down his trunk, and the noise was louder than several brass bands. Especially out of his way to find a broad hippopotamus, she was no relation of his, and he spanked her very hard to make sure that the bicolored python rock snake had spoken the truth about his new trunk. The rest of the time, he picked up the melon rinds that he had dropped on his way to the Limpopo, for he was a tidy pachyderm. One dark evening, he came back to all his dear families, and he coiled up his trunk and said, "How do you do?" They were very glad to see him, and immediately said, "Come here and be spanked for your insatiable curiosity." "Pooh," said the elephant's child. "I don't think you peoples know anything about spanking, but I do, and I'll show you." Then he uncurled his trunk and knocked two of his dear brothers head over heels. "Oh, bananas!" said they. "Where did you learn that trick? And what have you done to your nose?" "I got a new one from the crocodile on the banks of the great gray green greasy Limpopo River," said the elephant's child. "I asked him what he had for dinner, and he gave me this to keep." "Looks very ugly," said his hairy uncle, the baboon. It does," said the elephant's child. "But it's very useful." And he picked up his hairy uncle, the baboon, by one hairy leg and hove him into a hornet's nest. Then that bad elephant's child spanked all his dear families for a long time. Till they were very warm and greatly astonished, he pulled out his ostrich ant's tail feathers. And he caught his tall uncle, the giraffe, by the hind leg and dragged him through a thorn bush. And he shouted at his broad aunt, the hippopotamus, and blew bubbles into her ear when she was sleeping in the water after meals. But he never let anyone touch the cola cola bird. Thank、you
At last, things grew so exciting that his dear families went off one by one in a hurry to the banks of the great gray-green greasy Limpopo River, all set about with fever trees to borrow new noses from the crocodile. came back, nobody spanked anybody anymore. And ever since that day, oh best beloved, all the elephants you will ever see, besides all those that you won't, have trunks precisely like the trunk of the insatiable elephant's child. There you go. Well, yeah. it was amazing. And we don't condone um, spanking. No spanking. <laughs> no, it's, it's illegal and you can't do it, but you used to back in the old days. That's um, an amazing story, isn't it? <clears throat> it was Rudyard Kipling. Yeah. You can blame and Jack Nichol- And Jack Nicholson, who is now... 85 years old. Yeah. And tell us the other facts you found out about him. He, um, he's been nominated for more male Academy male roles in Academy Awards than any other male actor in history. That's incredible. That's he's incredible. 12. He's only won three, but obviously um, no one's won one more. No. Wow. Yep. And he's given up acting because he can't remember his lines at 85. I guess that happens. But then, um, um, yeah. um, you know, Clint is still doing it at 92 and he's remembering his lines. Yeah. He probably didn't. Yeah, but he's been in some great movies, hasn't he, um, Jack? You know, <laughs> yeah, and one flow I wonder if they ever nest. worked in a movie together, Clinton Jack. Yeah, well, there you go. That's uh, uh, yeah. yeah that, uh, we, uh, it's all right. I, we I, can I find have, that I'll out. Yep. You can find that there out. It must have been a western because Jack, actually Jack's first couple of movies were westerns. Mm, mm. And he was a dis- disturbed cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when we went down the west. Coast, we, we also um, caught up with uh, Mary McGill, and I just see um, on Facebook Mary's got COVID, so her exhibition's over. Oh. But um, if you're in Westport, look, go to the Palm Street Gallery. Yeah, just an incredible oh. artist collective space. Um, we really enjoyed it, and the quality of work is next to none. So, yeah, make make the effort. Yeah, down in Westport. Hey, after we, oh yeah, we after after Gillespie's Beach, we went to a secret beach down by the Harst. I'm not going to tell you too much information about it um, because it's secret. We want to keep the secret, okay? Mm. Um, but but it's a 45-minute track to this amazing beach with with normally there's penguins. That's why it's secret because yeah. there's big yellow-eyed no 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 yellow-crested fjordland penguins right. nesting there. And at the moment they're out at sea, so we don't didn't see any penguins. But we did find some nice rocks and we had a lovely day on the beach. The next day we went down to the Jackson's Bay. You know, do you into Jackson's Bay? Yeah, I have. Yeah, we went further though. We went down the Cascade. Okay. And yeah. it's about as far as you can drive into the gate. And um, that was a lovely that was a lovely drive. Amazing bit of country. Beautiful piece of bush. I so recommend that to anyone who's going down that way to jo- just do that that road. It's not a it's a dirt road, but it's an easy dirt road. Mm. And there's a six hour walk walking track that you to can Barn do. Bay. Yeah, and then there's a guy oh, called yeah. Beansprout that lives down there even further, about two days away. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I've forgotten his real name. And um, yeah, then we went to your family home. 
We did. We went uh, just near Ranfurly, down the Miniatoto Valley. We went to Patiaroa, um, which is where my grandfather's house is. And it's become quite famous because there's been a movie by Jane Campion called... I can't remember. No, it's not oh. called... <laughs> I can never remember the name of it. Yeah. But it's, it's, just, yeah, it's just won a few awards. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. Maniatoto Valley actually became um, quite famous when she mentioned it during an awards ceremony recently. Oh, OK. Yeah. So, <laughs> so watch, watch out. Watch out, Ranfurly. But, but Central lends itself, doesn't it? Like, you can... Those Western landscapes, it's just fantastic. Mm. It's just rock everywhere. And like, yeah. It's, that, it's actually stunning. Big sky. Alexandra. Um, and the mountains are rolling. Yeah. yeah. And we met this guy in Ranfurly, a friend of yours. We did. Um, we met um, two beautiful humans, actually. They recently came over from Australia and settled in Ranfurly, of all places. And they are known as the tunnel people now in Ranfurly because they have three uh, tunnels where they um, grow organic produce and sell it just at their gate. Um, and they're up to all sorts of things there. Well, yeah, it's exciting because Ranfurly is one of those places that 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 um, haven't really seen the sort of organic movement. Perhaps exactly. haven't really seen the sort of worm farming. Not like Takaka. Um, no, no, it's definitely not, not like Takaka. And um, um, so, it, what's their names? So Gary Hands and Paula West. And Paula's a naturopath, is that she right? Yes, she's a doctor yeah. of um, Chinese medicinal medicine. Ah. And she started um, treatments there and it's becoming very popular. They're going to set up a uh, bed and breakfast in the old solicitor's um, building right in the centre of Ranfilly. Good one. So, art Deco. Yep. And so we need to connect with the people like this and get this sort of stuff happening because it's happening in, in places like, you know, Golden Bay has been doing it for 35 years or more and, and people are quite, you know, but, but right. places like Ranfilly, it's just really important to see these things happening around the country. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, they're going to set up uh, worm farms in Cromwell as well. This is right. a project just behind the Polytech. Um, their mission is to um, help educate people about being self-sustainable. They do um, all sorts of workshops, um, including no-dig gardens um, and even um, bread making and all sorts. So they're well worth um, looking up if you can um, track them down. That, that was one of the things we noticed, though, <clears throat> when we drove around the lack of tourism down the West Coast. That's it was right. just dead. It was absolutely... Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, really dead. We went to a cafe for a for a bite to eat and a drink, and there was just one old alcoholic sitting there at the bar just kind of drinking away, and yeah. nobody around, and, and, and it was yeah. just, just tragic. And you walk, you stand in Fox Glacier and look up and down the street, and there's no cars at all. Mm. Mm. It's just gone. Yeah. It's all gone. Oh, it's yeah. <clears throat> a little tragic, and so isn't it? that sustainability is not no longer. You know, we, yeah. we put all our eggs in one basket, yeah. and now yeah. look. So you know, to to sort of diversify is so important. Because yes. how do they get on? Like in the Maniatoto, the ground would be frozen for three months, wouldn't it? That's right. So three the ground months, there, yeah. um, you re the no dig garden method is is fantastic there because you get such a variety of soil and you can't always um, dig down very easily I think Gary was finding that and um, thankfully um, he's got a lot of knowledge here, they set up a big um, they have a big farm in Australia which I think they're just shutting down which was organic um, farming so we're very lucky to have people with that knowledge and so many people are wanting to find that knowledge yeah. as well as Grant was saying right now So yeah. Well it's the perfect time isn't it, I mean commodity prices have never been 
more expensive in making certain food groups inaccessible to people so the answer is really on the wall isn't it that's Mm. right yeah it's very different climate very different down there um there were rabbits everywhere. <laughs> rabbits, rabbits left, right, so and centre. They eat so, each other's ears, don't they? Oh. Right down that way. Yeah, that's oh, they right. Look pretty cute. When they run out of food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, here's I'm going to here's Jefferson Airplane with the uh, white rabbit um, song for the rabbits in Maniatoto Valley. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. Because of course, Great Alice this, in Wonderland. This of course came from Lewis. Yeah, Lewis Carroll's yeah. masterpiece. And there, here we go. That is a fantastic album. Yep. <laughs> you, see, you can't do back to back, but you could do that. Yes. <laughs> we move from white rabbits to Animal Farm. This is a the 19. No, no, this is also Orwell, but yeah. Yeah. Yes. By the Kinks.
Farm. It's pretty, um, pretty interesting. That was a good um, book too. Animal Farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all that starts off. All animals are equal, and after about page twenty-three, it's all animals are equal apart from pigs or something. That's right. <laughs> yeah, pigs yeah. take over and become yeah. humans. And remember, kids, two legs good, four yeah, legs bad. Yeah, I mean, four legs good, two legs bad. Yeah. So that's that's my that's my um, mantra for for musicians. You know, remember, guys. Four strings good, six strings bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ukulele one, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a really good movie. And and the other movie, he wrote, I mean, the other book he wrote um, was 1984. And yeah. um, Bowie did the song. Um, uh, Actually, Dogs. I was re- yesterday when I was researching this because mm-hmm. night is nineteen eighty four. No, it's not, but Diamond, you know, the, the Bowie album Diamond Dogs? Yeah. Originally, that was supposed to be a concept album on 1984, but he sort of uh, shelved it. And it became okay. Diamond Dogs, as we know, but yeah. he did that later, didn't he? 1984. Okay. In 1984, I think. I was born in 1984. Oh, my God. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> fame to fame. I love Bowie. Yeah. Oh, well, here we go. So this is for Hannah, and it's also for your sister. Yes, shout out to... Hannah and his sisters, that was a great yeah, movie as shout well. Shout out to my sisters and my niece and nephew, Theodore and Alexandria. <laughs> Thank you. 
for a party. I'm looking for a sign. I'm looking for the treason that I knew in 65. Beware the South is Nineteen eighty-four. Well, what a good year that was, wasn't it? <laughs> so I was twenty-one. You were booked to spawn. Yeah. Grant was twenty-two, forty-three. <laughs> I don't know. Or something. What are you? Nineteen sixty. One. 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 I'm sixty. I'm now sixty-one, and I was born in nineteen sixty-one. So there you go. There's yeah. a nice double double figure yeah, for that, you. That is it. And um, yeah. You'll have to wait for a while to, until you get to 84, and you can say, I'm 84 and I was born in 1984. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> no, take your time, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, whip it. And what's this book about? Whip it. Um, Devo. It's about a... <coughs> cool. Oh, cool. while you're well, thinking about it, down. we're listening to Fresh FM <laughs> on your community radio station, broadcasting the top of the south on National, on Nelson City 107.2, Nelson and Tasman District on 104.8, Eastern Golden Bay on 95 and Blenheim on 88.9, or anywhere, anytime in the universe from our website, www.freshfm.net, or download for free the Access Internet Radio app to stream us live and listen to any Fresh FM podcasts so you can hear us over and over and over again. Or give us a call on the studio at the studio on 03525-8779, and we might be able to find you a song to play or something like that or if you've got some information that we don't know and um yeah yeah yes thomas punchin he was a, a new york writer and um according to the leads the lead leader of devo i can't remember his name but he's the guy that said what do you say i think we put the oil back in the punk fluid mm. he um <laughs> it's a thomas punchin this is a parody of his, his book gravity's rainbow what a cool title. Gravity's Rainbow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's 8.39, by the way. It's, uh, it's 21 minutes to... Gosh, it's been a fast show this morning. Oh, well, it's three people here, you see, so what do you expect? It's been fun. Yeah, so let's just whip it. Whip it good.
whip it good devo hey i've got the next one that's cure the cure i got the cure killing an arab <laughs> yeah, yes you do yeah <laughs> Yeah, what's the, the, what's the, the obscure thing about this one? Well, the re, the reference to the song is by it's quite a famous book by Albert Camus, the French writer called um, The Strangers or The Outsiders. One of the uh, Strangers, I think it is. He's written both, but you know, you you as saying we Google it and that's what it says. But I mean, there's actually I can't I've read that book, but I don't know if the lyrics stack up. But oh, well. you know, mm. what Robert Smith said, so we'll run with that. <laughs> I met them in Christchurch when they did a uh, university tour of New Zealand back in 80, I think. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Yep, they hadn't even made it big in England, they only made it big in New Zealand at that point. Yeah, they, it's funny, wasn't it? They, yeah. were, they were quite, it's funny how that happens. Yeah. Billy Bragg, another one, huge in New Zealand, not so big in England. Mm. So we Yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, I just saw he's put no, out a new song too. Also big in Australia. Right, yeah. So um, we're just talking about the theme for next week and we've come up with a good theme and if you've got a song that you really want to, that fits it, um, Shapes and Sizes. So Fats Wallow would be one of the... Yeah, Shapes of Things by the Yardbirds. Yeah, and Sizes. Yeah, so there you go. Um, That's the theme for next week.
Yeah, <laughs> so you've got a week's notice. So yeah, yeah. if you've got anything, um, thick, as, thick as the text on Facebook. Or email, what's that email address, Grant? Oh yeah, um, email is at takaka at fresh.net. Yeah. Takaka at fresh.net. We're bound to get that because I, I check the email here. Yeah, and we've like I say, we've got a we've we've all got we're all on Stalkbook, so you can get yeah. give us a, a ring on Messenger, a flick on Messenger, and um, you'll find us on Messenger. Um, yeah. Grant Knowles, Carl McRae, and Hannah Reed. That's the best way. Yeah, the only way. So yeah, give us those, and um, we go to um, Talking Heads now. This is the book I read. That's your name, isn't it? It is.
here you go, Talking Heads. And Talking Heads, um, speaking of Talking Heads, we went to Dunedin to talk to a head, a head of department. Um, what's his, what was his title? What's Mark's title? Mark. Um, he's head of earthquake science yeah, and research down there. Yeah. Yeah. And he's in Dunedin, so yeah. why is he not well, in Wellington? Because he spent 15 years doing it in Wellington. He was, he was um, pretty up there with the Wellington. And um, he got offered this job, um, which was to head this department, because the university realised they needed somebody in, well, in Dunedin, because, look... <clears throat> You know, you think the Alpine Fault's going to be bad, and it is going to be bad when it goes, but it's those those other um, um, fault lines, like the ones through Canterbury and Christchurch, that actually do more damage. And right. there's a big one down in Tyree. So they needed somebody on the field down there to do the research, to do the stuff. I mean, he's he's putting through people. He's got PhD students. He's, mm. he's really up there with kind of working with, with scientists down there. Um, so experience. extremely, and you know, we started talking rocks, and um, you know, this, uh, he's just second to none with his knowledge. A fascinating guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we stayed with Mark, had a hot pool, and um, just yeah, talked about rocks. Talked about rocks all night. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do? Yeah. With a geologist. Metamorphosis. And, fascinating. And they really are geologists. I've met a few of them now, and. Um, they really are artists in their own right. They're yeah. very spatial and incredible yeah. to talk to as an artist. And mm, yeah. yeah. So we're going to do a collaboration with Mark at some point, an art collaboration. Oh, yeah. We've got some ideas and, um, yeah, watch the space. Awesome. That sounds so fantastic. That was, that was really cool. That was, yeah, one of the coolest parts of Dunedin. The, the other cool part of Dunedin was walking up and down 4,000 stairs. Because <laughs> <Which I did. laughs> oh, yeah. we had to shift your studio out of Dunedin. Um, I'm very grateful for that. Clint. Yeah. <laughs> How was Dunedin? Was it v- vibrant and ex- and kind of? It is. Exciting? It is a vibrant city. There's um, you know, there's a strong art scene still down there, and some wonderful things going on. The council's very supportive of the arts down there, and yeah, um, yeah, it, it was bustling. Mm, there was at least three galleries. Right next to your studio. That's right. Dowling Street, um, there's probably four or five galleries. And, of course, the Dowling Street studios um, have housed a lot of artists over the years, and that's still going, um, which was separate to MySpace, which is right next to Blue Oyster. Right, it's an amazing art space. Yep, and it was a great, it was a great little place. Unfortunately, being up three hundred and sixty stairs, <laughs> forty-seven, forty-seven. It kept. I, was, I counted them every time. You, like you lost a bit of weight. I right? did. <laughs> I, I counted them every time, and never got any less. <laughs> At least we were taking stuff down and not taking them up the stairs, yeah, so yeah. it wasn't so bad. Four four van loads though it was well three point eight. Although down can be quite back breaking, can't it? Because you sort of like you know, and you got to watch where you step. Yeah, easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. All of that. Yeah. He's and, my hero. <laughs> so we took everything out of there. He's everyone's hero. <laughs> I'm starting to gather that. <laughs> <laughs> and headed north, and we went to a castle. And just out of Amaru, that was pretty cool. We did Dot's Castle, yeah. um, which is that Riverstone um, restaurant and cafe. Fantastic yeah. coffee, hey, great. Yeah, yeah, very, very good. And very good everything, you know. They've got such an amazing place there. And the castle cost $11 million to build. It's just the, the family home. Mm. Yeah. It's Dot's Castle. Yeah. Her husband, um, yeah, built it for her. Yeah, and it's got a moat and everything. Million. Yeah. 
Yeah, so if you want a castle, you know, you've yeah. got enough money. You well, just... why not? Yeah, that's yeah. that's good and eccentric. Yeah, I have to mention um, also the wonderful fresh produce they grow um, in their mm. own gardens yep. there. Again, another example of self-sustainability. Yeah. yeah, 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 for a cafe, they've got everything. Yep. Brilliant. Is that in Omaru, not in Moraki? Just outside Omaru, 15 yeah. minutes drive. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a fascinating place too, isn't it, Omaru? It is. It's actually really funked up in the last sort of 30 odd years. Yeah, absolutely. The steampunk vibe is, yeah, they put yeah. a lot of work into that and it's a great space. Do they still have um, the steampunk ball and stuff? I'm don't not they? too sure. If they don't, they should. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> Unless they probably got COVID in as well. Yeah. But We heard about the Larnix Castle ball, of course. Yeah. So it's like a lot of fun. We were down in Dunedin. Yeah. We put a kilt on and head along. We've got what, time for one more song on the uh, show. Oh, we went to Christchurch after that, and then we came home. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a short song. <laughs> yeah, no, just, um, yeah, that, that's about all we really need to say about the rest of the trip, really. It was yeah. sort of a quick Christchurch mish and then home, um, celebrating Hannah's birthday in um, Ashburton, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and then we were home, just like that. So here we are, back to the yeah, scene of the crime. as if you've never been away. <laughs> but, you know, the South Island is doing well, but light on tourism, but there's there's good things happening. That's what we really, the message I would like yes. to say. Yeah, that's good. That's I'm good glad to hear on that. On the ground. Incredible yeah. people. Yeah. And um, everyone's keen to work together. And... Well, of course, there's only 17 people in the South Island, so... We've got to work together, yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's Elvis Costello. Every day I write the book. You're listening to Fresh FM with Carl Hunt. <laughs> song people thank you Elvis. right through thank, yeah thanks Elvis mm, thank well thank you for listening to the stories today they've been good well done you guys great yeah. stories good yeah. to hear the South Island still in good nick yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. It is reassuring. We might talk about some of your escapades on beaches. I mean, you know. Lots of rocks. (laughs) (laughs) And um, thank you to the GB Weekly for sponsoring the show. Appreciate that, guys. And uh, great newspaper. Make sure you read it from from cover to cover. Some good stuff. And um, thanks to the station for hosting us, for letting us be on the radio and do this stuff because it's really important to get the message out to people. Yeah, and thanks to Jack for that wonderful story. Yeah, and uh, most of all, of course, thank you for uh, having us in your in your lounge today while you're eating your breakfast. Thank you for listening. And uh, long weekend. Didn't play a song for the Queen, but happy birthday, Queenie. And um, we're, we'll just go out on the uh, normal song, but uh, thank you, and we'll see you next week with um, a theme of shapes and sizes. And uh, yeah, thank Until you both. Then, be nice Thanks to each other. Thanks for having me. That's all right. And yeah, be kind to each other. And uh, all of that stuff. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the Top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz.